What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward today with Lisa Chow, digital strategist for Water Tree Health, a company dedicated to providing better solutions for healthcare delivery. Lisa has been published in Forbes, U.S. News and World Report, The Huffington Post, and has been a featured guest for NPR. How are you today, Lisa? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Great to have you on the show. So, Lisa, I only gave a little brief synopsis there, so fill in the gaps. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, first, thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. Oh, my pleasure. In terms of my career journey, I will start in high school because that's the kind of person I am. Okay. Um, so my career journey has been very non-traditional and definitely non-linear. Mm. As a Hunter High School student, the plan was to be a corporate attorney moonlighting as a fashion designer. Oh. And yes, those two desires can coexist in one person. Mm-hmm. So I went off to college and my intended major at Wellesley College was philosophy. But since I wasn't sure of my prospects at the philosophy factory, <laughs> and because I actually like economic theory, I switched my major to economics with a minor in philosophy, concentrating on aesthetics. Mm-hmm. After college, given my interest in business, fashion, and beauty, I joined the international finance team at Estee Lauder and then Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, wow. So it was a lot of expense reports and a lot of Excel spreadsheets yeah. every day, day in, day out. Until I was offered an unexpected opportunity to work in business development and marketing for a large manufacturing company headquartered in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I took it. And working in Hong Kong was an invaluable experience that included travel to Switzerland, Germany, Korea, China, and Japan. And that's where I got bitten by the travel bug. That's where I uh, discovered my love for Switzerland. Mm -hmm. But eventually, the travels ended because I decided I need a graduate degree. So I moved to Hanover, New Hampshire to attend Dartmouth College. And again, I plan to study philosophy mm-hmm. because I really do love philosophy. A few detours later, I did not study philosophy and I completed my master's degree with a creative writing thesis. Wow. And as you mentioned, I currently work as the public relations and social media manager for MetaFact, which is a portfolio company of Potentus Capital. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I work mostly with another portfolio company under Potentus. It is WaterTree Health, which is the leading provider of free prescription discount cards. And through our alliances with nonprofit partners, we've donated over $2 million to Make-A-Wish, and we funded over 2 million meals at regional food banks across the country. Wow. And I'm very happy working with a company that commits itself to social impact yeah. and that I have a job with a purpose. Yeah. And, and this is a far, far different path than, uh, than your, what you originally intended in high school. I mean, did you ever picture that this is how your career path would unwind? No. So because you want to age me, <laughs> back when I was in high school and college, digital strategist was not a job. Yeah. You know, there was no social media. Yeah. So this was the nonlinear part of my career. Yeah, yeah. But I am curious, though, because you work for some really incredible labels. So yeah, but you were working more on the business and finance side of things. So so what happened to the to the fashion, you know, fashion design bug? I still have it. Yeah, I just do it on my own time. Yes. Oh, that's great. 
That's great. Well, Lisa, I mean, you've had an incredible career journey and you've done so many amazing things. So I I was curious, I mean, as someone who's done so much, I mean, part of what we talk about on Moving Forward is sometimes you hit bumps in the road. And I was wondering if you could share with our listeners, I mean, was there any time in which uh, you hit a roadblock or you had a setback on that journey where you felt like things just completely fell apart? Definitely. (laughs) Whenever I tell people about my difficult decade I have oh, wow. to repeat the decade part of yeah, it. It wasn't a difficult year. It was a difficult decade. Mm. And this question is tough for me to answer because I'm still resolving this. Mm-hmm. So 10 years ago, my life spiraled downwards. But you couldn't tell because I'm very good at social media. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends like to joke that I'm the millennial of the group. My mm-hmm. friends are all in their 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. a little older. But they like to joke that I'm the millennial because they're all all computer programmers, but I'm the one who does all the social media. (laughs) I'm the one with social media in my job title. Mm -hmm. I don't want to dwell on all the incidents that accumulated during this period, but they did impact my professional and personal life, friends, family, and career. Notably, I ended my second engagement and my beloved grandfather passed away. During this period, I felt very alone and adrift without any anchors in my life. And I had to learn to be strong for myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It sounds like you've had quite, uh, quite a journey. And so, I mean, Lisa, I mean, having gone through something like that and for over a decade, I mean, you know, what kind of got you through it? I mean, how did you get through each day? How did you get through each week? Um, it was a lot of perseverance, a lot of determination. And as I said, I'm still struggling with it, even though it has been a decade, 10 years. 10 very, very long years. Yeah. And Lisa, I mean, so has there been, or maybe this moment hasn't come yet, I mean, has there been a moment in which you saw a break in that uh, that pitfall or, or that setback? I mean, have things started to align for you or are they still aligning for you? So when you're struggling, it's hard to appreciate things that align because they'll align and you'll have, you'll have that high and it's temporary because then you you kind of fall back into that struggle. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciate this interview because it really made me sit down and think about, so what has happened in that decade? And I'm going to say half a dozen events actually aligned and just clicked into place. Mm-hmm. The first one, I had to put in a lot of effort to accomplish, but the other five were, they just clicked into place. I didn't have to I wasn't actively seeking them, but they just happened. So I'll just summarize what happened. So in 2013, I moved back to Manhattan as the executive director of the alumni of the Ivy League group on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I partnered up with a Columbia graduate, John Beck Dayan, to form the New York chapter Ivy Oasis. Then in 2015, that's, I think, what I would mark as the pivotal point of things aligning a little better than they had been. Yeah. So we organized a large entrepreneurship conference hosted at Columbia. And despite a massive snowstorm that day, over 100 ticketed guests showed up for our four panels of over one dozen speakers and moderators, including venture capitalists, industry leaders, startup founders, and lawyers. Wow. Several months later in April, I was invited by the Bahamas Millennial Society to be the international keynote speaker during their first Futures Leaders Forum. Mm -hmm. And then in July... I was really shocked by this. 
um, I was invited to be a featured guest on Midday Talk with Dan Roderick, speaking on millennials and digital strategy. And that show aired on NPR, yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. Wow. And that was something that, you know, I got the call and I thought, is this a prank? <laughs> How did they get my name? Um, the following year, I was invited to speak in Charleston's third annual Dig South, which is an event celebrating the digital economy with over 200 presenters from companies like Google, Instagram, Twitter, TechCrunch, BuzzFeed, and Inc. Gary Vaynerchuk delivered the keynote kickoff, mm-hmm. and my media panel was moderated by NBC News anchor and Emmy Award-winning journalist Angie Goff. Mm. Over 35 venture capital firms managing more than $3 billion in funds combined attended the event. And represented companies included AOL co-founder Steve Case's Revolution Fund, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley's Blue Run, Core Capital Partners, and Boston Millennial Partners. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to last summer, I was invited to give a business workshop during Brand Innovators' inaugural business boot camp for entrepreneurs launched in New York by Forbes. 30 Under 30, Christine Souffrant. She's a Dartmouth College alumna who arrived on the Hanover campus as a recipient of the Gates Millennial Scholarship awarded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But more recently, in February of this year, I was invited to lead a career talk at the third annual IVG conference for first-generation students from 19 top U.S. colleges and universities, including all of the Ivy League schools. So I think... Things kind of worked out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I mean, but Lisa, I mean, what I'm, what, what I'm also hearing though is that uh, you know things are still aligning for you, and I'm so glad that you're candid about that. I mean, uh, you know, what do you think kind of sparked all of these wonderful events? Obviously, you, you've had some incredible things come into your life, and uh, obviously, you went through a very difficult ten year journey. I mean, when do you think the the turning point came, or why do you think it came? I don't want to make it sound like I shouldn't be working hard to achieve goals, Mm -hmm. but I worked very, very hard. Um, I returned to work at the talk school. (laughs) (laughs) I think up until recently, it wasn't really um, common to admit your failures. And only in this kind of entrepreneurship era, yeah. So every entrepreneur that I've met tells me that failure is a part of the learning experience. And, you know, that's how you learn. The hardships are worth the rewards in the end. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm still working. I'm still working things out. You know, little by little things are happening, but I feel like I'm doing a tremendous amount of work. And the thing is, other than the uh, conference at Columbia, you know, I did not, I did not apply to be speakers at any of those speaking engagements that I just mentioned. They came to me. Wow, that's fantastic. And so it just felt like, you know, I'm just going to work and work and work and promote my work and network a lot and see what sticks, see if anyone notices. And they did. And it was just pleasantly surprising, but still incredibly surprising. Yeah. And I think part of it is also, I mean, just the fact that you've immersed yourself in social media. And I love that you admit it. I mean, this was not a career path that that was in existence. It certainly wasn't when I was in high school or even in college. But I mean, how much of a role do you think that played in opening up all these incredible opportunities for you? It is definitely a game changer for me. I, and you've seen my social media, it looks like I'm an extrovert. 
but really I am both. I think it's called ambivert, mm-hmm. where it actually takes me an incredible amount of energy to go out and network, you know. And I think about it sometimes because I'm asked to talk about networking a lot and write about networking a lot. And it's very strange to me because I had actively avoided networking for a very long time because I had grown up thinking, you know, meritocracy, that's the way to go. You work hard and you're rewarded. And networking is, is you know, a shortcut. And you don't do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've since changed my mindset to, I use networking more to cultivate relationships. And I think that's why people open up to me and trust me because I talk to them because I don't have anything specific I'm asking for. I just go up to people and talk to them now. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I have to interject. I mean, that's how you and I connected because we have a wonderful mutual friend, Winnie Sun. And I think it was on Facebook that you you just reached out yes. to me. And then, yeah, you, it was just a very organic uh, connection. And you do that really, really well. And so I love what you're emphasizing for our listeners that, you know, it, for you, it's more just about building relationships. Yes, definitely. And it it has been very rewarding. I've met great people who have done, I mean, it's not that they've done nothing for me, but they're not people who I would uh, ask professional requests from. There's people I know and that I enjoy meeting. And if I were ever in the same city, I'd be happy to meet up with them. And I actually meet a lot of people offline that I met originally online. Yeah, no, I think and it, it really is a game changer. And for moving forward, listeners, I love what Lisa is sharing. It, you know, hard work is definitely important. You definitely want to put the sweat equity and, and the energy into it. But having a social media presence, having a brand presence, and we've had other guests like Leonard Kim talk about that. It can really, really accelerate your network and help grow your career in business. Well, Lisa, great, great share. Are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? I'm ready. All right. Lisa, I'd like you to pick a a resource. And a resource can be anything from an inspirational book, movie, song, or if you like, you can share a cultural experience as someone who has traveled many different parts of the world. Pick one and share with our listeners one that inspired you to move forward. Living in the woods of Hanover, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. So tell us a little bit about that one. So I am a Manhattan girl. Mm -hmm. I grew up in New York City. So living in the woods of Hanover, New Hampshire, while I was working at the Tuck School of Business was indeed a cultural experience for Uh, me. More like cultural shock, I bet. Yes, it was definitely (laughs) a change. I was literally a voice crying out in the wilderness. Now, was this part Um, of the uh, graduate school program? No, this was after I finished my degree. I actually went back to work at the business school. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And while I was there, because there were many fewer distractions than New York City. In New York City, I go out a lot. If you ever look at my Instagram, I'm out all the time. Mm -hmm. Going to hackathons, I'm going to business networking events, I am volunteering at charity events. You know, there's just endless things to do. And actually, Tuck is is very, very good at bringing um, quality speakers to campus because it is a powerhouse but you know after eight o'clock really there's there's not much else to do other than sit down and write and so i funneled a lot of my energy and concentration towards 
realigning my career trajectory while I was in the woods with Wi-Fi. Now, <laughs> how were you convinced? So, as 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 someone who grew up in Manhattan and is not a uh, traditionally a camping type of person, how were you convinced to go out into the woods and just connect with nature and write? People, yeah, people, not trees. Um, Pushing you out of your comfort zone. I love it. Yes. I love the Dartmouth community. Like, yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, again, everyone who knows me knows I bleed green. I'm on the board of the Dartmouth yeah, Club you, of New York. You definitely. I mean, I follow you on Instagram, and you definitely wear your, your school pride, and that's really awesome. So we'll recommend if you have one, Lisa. Do you have a favorite app, website, or resource that has been a real game changer for you? I love Hootsuite. Ah, that's a good I one. I use it every it. day. <laughs> yes. I live by Hootsuite um, in conjunction with Twitter, obviously. And then Google Calendar owns my life. Google Calendar knows where I am at any given time more than any person on this earth. Well, Lisa, uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar, can you briefly explain what Hootsuite does and maybe share a practice uh, that you know really you use to, to make the most out of it? So going back one step, Hootsuite is used in conjunction with Twitter, and I believe Twitter is an extremely underutilized tool for scaling um, connections with business leaders. Mm -hmm. And yes, people don't realize this because they kind of use Twitter unguided and, you know, they do see the people talking about their pancakes for breakfast or really ridiculous things, which have their place, actually. Mm -hmm. But it gives you so much access 24 hours of the day. You know, I could not meet the number of people that I meet without Twitter. It just scales everything really, really quickly and gives me incredible, incredible access. Again, you know, back when we were in college, you had to go find someone's company address and write to them or fax them or something yeah. you know whereas now at 3 a.m when i have insomnia i can write to you know c-suite executives on twitter and they'll actually pay attention because it's different it's a different kind of noise than all the emails that they get so they still will look at it um, hootsuite what i love about it is that before i discovered hootsuite you know i would start my day off and just tweet 20 tweets in the morning mm -hmm. and just flood everyone's feeds with 20 tweets all at once. And that was not, that was not great. Um, and I had to be using Twitter whenever I wanted to push something out. Whereas Hootsuite lets me schedule messages so that I can put them out on a um, kind of like on a steady flow. So every other hour I'll tweet something that is, of relevance to my audience. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you actually do want to tweet about your pancakes or your waffles because most of the time I do tweet about business and that's why people follow me. But I find that when I tweet about things in my personal life that are not business related, that's when they actually connect. Yeah. Because they can connect. Yeah, that's how easily. they're getting to know the real Lisa Chow. So it, it's kind of right. funny how that works. But I think that's that's one of those mindset shifts that especially if you're Gen X or, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a mindset shift to like you talked about earlier. I mean, talking about failures, which used to be a real taboo subject. But now, you know, showing a little bit more of your fun and personal side. I mean, it's all it's all part of building your personal brand. 
Yes. And I'm actually much more approachable. If you talk about business the entire time, it, you don't open that door for conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, I'm excited to ask you. I mean, as someone who does so much, how do you recharge your batteries for reboot when you're up against the wall where you feel like you've hit a roadblock? I need to temporarily distance myself from the project to clear my mind and reboot. Mm. And while I highly advise travel and going out of your comfort zone, um, long walks also work yeah. or just taking a break during lunch. Just go outside. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Taking a break. I think if you can, if you can disconnect, I think that's a great word to use. If you can take a walk, if you can really remove yourself a little bit from the environment, I think that can really help clear your head. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Lisa, ready to do a little time travel? Yes. All right. So we're going to take a, a trip now, and I want you to pick when. You don't have to specify exactly when, but pick a point in your life. Maybe it was uh, the start of a difficult time in your life, or maybe it was during a difficult time in your life. Is there a lesson, tip, or piece of advice that you would like to share with your past self during that time that you wish you had known then? Absolutely. So... I don't know why this, I think I was distracted, as I told you. So when I was on campus at Dartmouth, I would take classes that they would let me take as staff. I would go to lectures. I would do all kinds of activities on campus. But when I moved back to New York in 2013, I could have easily accommodated more education to my schedule when I was building my writing portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, I really should have found out how to audit classes at Columbia at the time, but now my schedule is much less flexible. And I would have liked to have known you back then, so you could have told me to go to Oxford. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. I highly, highly recommend it. But for moving forward listeners, uh, we Winnie Sun had posted a uh, a great question on Facebook about uh, summer travel and places to go. And my suggestion was the Oxford Experience, which I highly, highly recommend. I mean, it is an incredible, incredible program that they have. You can check it out on the web. So, and I hope Lisa that you're going to look into it because it really was uh, an incredible experience for me. I've already looked into it. I'm awesome. signing up the minute I can. <laughs> well, here's here's my question for you. So it sounds like you would tell your past self to just really be open to different learning opportunities. Uh, you know, whether you're auditing a course or you know looking at continuing education. How do you think your past self would have reacted to that advice? Highly receptive. I've always been someone who believes in getting as much education as possible. That's great. Yeah, that's really great. Well, Lisa, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all of the great work that you're doing? Well, obviously, they can connect with me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I am at Lisa03755. That handle was supposed to be temporary, but since Harvard Business Review kept retweeting me, I couldn't <laughs> change it after that. So that is that is the zip code for Dartmouth College, if anyone is wondering. Um, they can also connect with me on LinkedIn or email me one word, no spaces at alpha 
V-E-R-T enterprises at gmail.com. Awesome. And we'll have all of that posted on the write-up. Well, Lisa, I would love to have you close out the show. So using no more than three or four words, what parting wisdom would you like to pass on to Moving Forward listeners? Always add value. I love it. Always add value. Lisa, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to join us today to share your experiences and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, Moving Forward listeners, check out the write-up, bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.